Weeding is unfortunately one of those necessary evils. Especially if you are, are one who, who gardens at all, whether it's a flower garden or a vegetable garden, you realize the importance of keeping the weeds at bay. If the good stuff is going to grow, you need to get rid of the bad stuff. You don't want the weeds taking on the water and the nutrients that are intended for the good stuff. So while it, it may not be at the top of anybody's list of favorite things to do, weeding is one of those necessary things, isn't it? So we might expect that it would come into play at some point in Jesus' teachings, especially those of us who are familiar with Jesus' teachings. So many of them have to do with agricultural parables or illustrations. He uses pictures of things growing to help us understand and relate to his spiritual truths, whether it's trees producing fruit or, or crops producing an abundant harvest. It stands to reason that, that somewhere along the lines we would expect Jesus to point out the importance of and the need for properly weeding. But he doesn't. Good news, it's not required in Christ's kingdom. There's no weeding Required. It's not necessary. In fact, not only is it not necessary, Jesus says, don't do it. Don't waste your time. It's, it's risky. It's, it's, it's something that he wants us to avoid. In the parable, the exchange between the servants and the one who had them plant the seed, this is the conclusion the servants had. Of course, we would pull up the weeds, but here is the response. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them, the weeds, up? No, he answered. No? I don't think I'm the only one that that has to catch off guard. Why wouldn't we want to pull up the weeds? Again, we know the, the damage that they can do and how they can impede the growth of the good stuff. Wouldn't the same apply to this parable? Wouldn't we expect the, the farmer, the landowner, to say, absolutely, go and, and pull up the weeds? But instead, Jesus says, no. We'd expect that because we know the damage the weeds can do. And I suppose as we're familiar with the rest of Scripture, knowing what Jesus is illustrating through this parable, the rest of the Bible warns us against being influenced by the sin and wickedness of this world. It says, light does not walk together with darkness. The Bible tells us to avoid walking along with those in evil. Paul writes to avoid being yoked together with unbelievers. So we would rightly conclude that it makes sense to weed in God's garden, doesn't it? And not only that, but not only does Scripture appeal, but, but our sense of self-righteousness does as well. As we look at the world around us, and we know that there is such an aversion to living according to God's way and to His will, doesn't God charge us? Doesn't He call us? Doesn't He warn us, be ready for spiritual battle? Isn't it ours to fight? Aren't we the ones to stand up and to call out and condemn sin? Aren't we the ones that are supposed to be ready to wage war against the weeds? So how is it that the man's reply when the servants ask if they should go and pull up the weeds is simply, no. 
Well, maybe let's, let's make sure that we have the right interpretation of Jesus' parable. So if you, you jump ahead to the last part of the section when the disciples are one-on-one with Jesus, later on in chapter 13, they come to him and say, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. Okay. The field is the world. All right. And the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. That doesn't seem terribly complex, does it? I don't know that there's any nuances in Jesus' explanation that would help us better understand why he says, leave the weeds alone. So let's revisit the rest of the explanation to why the man says, no, don't pull the weeds. The rest of verse 29, after his no, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Again, am I the only one that 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 kind of catches off guard. I understand, I think, what Jesus is saying. There's a risk that if we, we are a little bit too eager, a little bit too excited to yank up the weeds, to do our spiritual weed whacking in this world, that there might be a few believers who are lost as a result. But, but the way that, that I think of things, and I would imagine the way that you do, is that really as dangerous as the risk of the influence of a wicked, sinful world around us? Isn't there potentially a a much greater damage that could be done from the influence of a wicked, sinful world on believers than just maybe a few wheat that could get pulled up? It still seems in my mind like that would be the greater risk. Yet Jesus disagrees. Jesus is not as concerned about the threat of the weeds on the wheat as he is about the potential of even just some of his wheat being lost. So what does that actually look like? What Jesus is describing in this parable, how might that happen that some of the the wheat is prematurely uprooted along with the weeds? Maybe you recall a few years back, and and it's been actually a, a few decades, but They've been in the headlines more prominently in the past. Westboro Baptist Church. They made headlines, and and not for good reason. This was uh, a group that professed to be Christians, but what they were known for was picketing and protesting. Whether it be military funerals or even school shootings, they would come and they would show up and there was no sympathy, there was no compassion, there was just judgment and condemnation, there was just in their mind a a right to point out that this was God's judgment and justice on a wicked nation and a wicked military and a perverse society. Now again, as I mentioned during the children's sermon, God doesn't call us to look the other way, to to turn away from sin. We are called to point it out. But there's a difference between how it was being done and is being done by this group versus the way that God calls us to do. One thing that was entirely and is entirely absent in that approach 
is compassion or concern for the soul of those being called to repentance. To simply condemn and judgment without a loving heart that hopes that that call to repentance results in a turning away from that sin to the forgiveness that washes over us in Christ Jesus, that is pure judgment. And that's not what God calls us to do. But rather to call out sin in hopes of pointing others to the comfort and confidence of knowing that Jesus has forgiven that sin. Do you think that their actions, this group, had an impact? Absolutely they did. But not a positive one. Imagine all of those on the outside looking at, at Christians who were so quick to lump together then this one group with all of Christianity. See, that's how you Christians are. And not just the unbelievers, not just those on the outside looking in, but now imagine somebody that is new to the faith or somebody that is on the fringe of faith, maybe dangerously close to falling away, and they see this behavior from those who profess to be Christians, and that may very well have been the straw that broke the camel's back. If this is what Christianity is, I want nothing to do with it. That was the concern that the farmer, the landowner, had with pulling up the weeds. That you might just accidentally pull up some of the wheat as well. So then how do we navigate in this world as wheat surrounded by weeds? Well, it not, wasn't included in the reading, but there's a little section that was cut out that includes two different parables that Jesus told. And I, I think there's some benefit in reflecting on those parables because they help us understand Jesus' intent behind this one. And I think they're familiar enough with everybody. The, the parable of the mustard seed and the yeast. Two really short parables, but the whole point of those is abundantly clear. Jesus is pointing out his word works exponentially. So what does that have to do with the parable before us this morning? Jesus has more confidence in his word to keep the wheat than he does about the wicked weeds influencing his wheat. So dear friends, if Jesus has that kind of confidence in his word to keep the wheat, shouldn't we as well? And doesn't that fall in line with last week's focus that we as Christians, one of the defining characteristics of Christians is that we are word-grown. The, the word is what planted the seed of faith, but it's that same word of God that allows us to flourish and produces fruit in our lives. Jesus is totally confident that the word that makes and creates wheat is able to sustain and allow that wheat to flourish, even in the midst of the weeds. The word works. Think about it. If ever there was a time in history where it appeared as if maybe the weeds were, were dangerously close to overrunning all of the wheat, wasn't it during that last week of Jesus' life? As his enemies appeared to win the day, as the wheat was crowding and suffocating Jesus, and finally their cries for crucify him, were satisfied, and there Jesus hung, the, the wheat surrounded by weeds, choking it out, it appeared. But you know that wasn't the case at all. 
In fact, it was that act of redemption on the part of, of Jesus that wanted to secure an eternal assurance for the wheat. And that is exactly what Jesus did by his life, by his death, by his resurrection. He ensured that the weeds would never fully overcome the wheat. That the wicked, evil, sinful world is never going to successfully overshadow those who have been set apart and redeemed by God. Why is this the case? Because what power does sin and wickedness and evil have in the face of forgiveness and grace and mercy? No power. When grace and forgiveness have the final word, sin and wickedness and evil have no power over us whatsoever. Jesus knew that, and so he says, don't focus on the weeds. Don't worry about the weeds. Worry about standing in the grace and forgiveness that made you the wheat that you are. And I think that's a great reminder for us as believers to not lose sight of the mission of the church. Our mission is not to eradicate all the evil and wickedness in this world. God has not placed it on your shoulders or mine to solve the problem of sin or think that by pointing it out or calling it out, somehow that will rectify the situation. Jesus says, I've done that by the power of my word. Focus on your growth in the word and don't be distracted by the weeds. They will not win the day. Let's not be that group of believers that simply talks about the importance of staying in the word. Let's apply it. Let's live the Word. Let's read it. Let's study it. Let's digest it. Let it be a part of our conversations in our home. Let's use that Word to build each other up, to encourage each other. Yes, to admonish each other when, when called for. But let us focus our attention on being wheat that grow and flourish in the Word, not being distracted or worried and thinking that the weeds are going to win the day. They won't. They haven't. Satan himself already knows that. Which is why he wants you to be more concerned about what the weeds could do more than what your Savior already has done. Stand in that word of grace and forgiveness as his wheat. And as you do, as we don't run away from this wickedness or hide from it or just sit around and lament and bemoan how evil and wicked the world is, but instead celebrates the gospel and what Jesus did about it and live in that gospel, guess what Jesus says may very well happen on that last day when he comes for that harvest. There's an interesting thing about the weeds and the wheat in the Middle East where Jesus was telling this parable. They look very similar. Guess what? Sometimes believers and unbelievers look very similar. Sometimes that's our fault. Sometimes it's, it's because we may wrongly identify those who are weeds and God in his good time has already set them apart as his wheat. Do not prematurely yank that weed out of the ground if it is a wheat that God has set apart. Instead, let the weeds grow along the wheat. You worry about making sure that you continue to grow in word 
and sacraments. And then on that last day, look forward to that promise that Jesus assured us when he will be the one who separates and distinguishes the weeds from the weed because only he can see the heart. But on that last day, some of those that we maybe thought were weeds will be numbered among us as the wheat. And we look forward to that day as Jesus describes it. When he returns, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Dear friends, don't just hear, don't just listen. Live it and apply it and flourish as the wheat that God has made you to be through his word. Amen.